0: Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. Well, let's
1: say. And can you say Josh Widdicombe?
0: Josh. Widdercombe. Good girl. Well done. Not good enough in my view. Not good enough. Why not? That is Betsy, who's twenty months. Very good for twenty. Uh, developed quite the sarcastic mannerisms during lockdown. If she, oh, if she sees kids crying, she mocks them by pretending to cry, then laughing.
1: Betsy's a tough name to pull off without being a bit of a bitch, isn't it? Betsy. A
0: child was having a tantrum in the park the other day and she just looked over and said, "Wow.
1: <laughs> I like I like Betsy." Yeah, she's got some sass. Betsy, if you're called Betsy, you call Betsy you're going to have
0: sass, right? But you can go one way or the other, but at the moment it feels like it's going the right way. Yeah. My niece is called Betsy. Sass. Covered in sass. Covered in sass, right, Rob? Have I told you about my balloon animal? Uh, no, is it? Is Has the swelling gone down? Yay! Okay. Well, you say <laughs> that, Rob. So there's uh, one of the guys at, at nursery. He's one of the teachers at nursery. Yeah. Let's just say he's quite popular with the mums. Oh, he's a bit of a looker, is he? He's a part time model and skateboarder. And he's French oh. as well. Oh, my God. So, Who is this? So he's
1: French, does modeling, skateboarding, and looks after kids, and does balloon modeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. Do you
0: want me to show you a picture? Let's have a little look on the group.
1: Oh, my God. This guy, he's so <laughs> handsome. Are we allowed to put that on Instagram?
0: Um, I could ask.
1: I mean, he's not going to complain, is he, to, like, just pumping this out to 40,000 mums? Yeah. He'll be in his element, this guy. Oh, look at that. Absolutely. I mean, he's so good looking that if you broke down his appearance, none of it's good. <laughs> but he's so handsome, he gets it off. He's got a mad fringe, which is a bit over the top. Big hooped earrings and a big silver chain, but he mate,
0: he is he's one of the most handsome men I've seen in years. Yeah, he works at the nursery, right? Oh my god. Yeah, unbelievable, right? That's why you don't let Rose do the school run. All these mums queuing up, hoping that he's the one that brings out their daughter. Yeah, to do a quick Ollie or a kickflip. Yeah, he go no, so he goes skateboarding at the weekends, he models, teaches children French, looks after children. I
1: don't know how he manages to do that in between bedding nine to ten women a week. <laughs> How does he have time to get down the half pipe?
0: Anyway. He must have a tiny dig. Just something. (laughs) I mean, something to level it out. Anyway, my daughter came back from nursery with a balloon animal that he'd made of a dog. The next morning she had it. She was twisting it around. I was like, don't don't do that because you'll burst it. And so she put it down. I went to pick it up to put it on the table. And just the mere fact I touched it meant it burst oh so it was your fault it was my fault and you can't you're like no wait, well, you that is totally unfair that is not my <laughs> fault obviously she was furious with, with good reason yeah um yeah. i'm gonna send you there was one bit left i'm gonna send you uh the picture of the bit left and uh t- tell me what you're looking at oh well what we got there is a what's a Two and a half, three inch penis and
1: two big chunky pink balls. It's a cocker ball. It's a, it's a balloon animal sculpted cock and balls. So that's what we're left with. Even, even one of the balls is bigger than the other for like real life accuracy. Do you know what I love most about this photo? I think we found the knickknack mothership. Behind
0: the balloon is a cupboard full of your knick-knacks. Well, that's our that's our crockery. Uh, Look at that. It's all in there, isn't it? So we'll put that on our Instagram, that balloon animal. Um, to give you an idea of, of, that, of that cupboard behind full of the knick-knacks, uh, we've recently, at my insistence, got rid of a third of the things that are in that cupboard, and this is a photo afterwards. Oh, right. Where did it all go on? You sold it
1: or given it away or what's
0: happening with your knick-knacks? Do you know what I've got into, Rob? Maybe, Do you know what I mean, you Tell it as merch. Well, no, I think Rose is going to sell the ones that um, she's going to sell some of them. But what I've got into is we had a builder come around a few months ago. There was a shower tray that we didn't want. And we were like, uh, you're right to get rid of this. Or take, or we'll take it to the tip or whatever. He's like, why don't you just put it leaned up against your wall on the street? We've got a very wide pavement in front of us. So don't worry about access. And I was like, what? And he's like, someone will take that within an hour.
1: Oh, 100%. You've never done that before? Mate. Oh, welcome to London, baby.
0: Now, it is my absolute addiction.
1: It's so much fun, isn't it?
0: I've, I've even got a box, a cardboard box, which I've written, Help Yourself on, that I, I've just kept in the hallway. And I just keep putting stuff in it. It's great. It's, um, I just put a load of gla- like glasses we didn't want in it the other day. And then, literally, within two minutes... Someone had taken them. It's amazing. I did that once with an old set of golf clubs, right? Because I, I had no space and
1: I weren't playing golf and they were really old. And then some arsehole came out and I watched him through the window and I got them all out one by one, swung on a couple, and just took the driver and the bag and left all the others on the floor. <laughs> but that's great fun. Is that not a thing in Plymouth?
0: Well, no, I lived in—I lived on Dartmoor, Rob. There, no, there was no footfall. There was no one walking past. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know that was a thing. No, I just thought that was like fly tipping or something. But it's amazing.
1: Yeah, but you, you bring it back in at the end of like the day if it's not sort of the rules are if it yeah, hasn't yeah. gone by the end of the day. I'm not that problem yet, Rob. It
0: just goes in a flash.
1: You know what I've been doing with recently, right? Is my new strategy of trying to you know happy house and all that. I just do whatever Lou wants. Right. It's like totally, you know, whatever she says, I go yeah, sounds good. Like that's sort of my my little tactic. Just even if I think it's a
0: bad idea, I just go yeah, right. Because I just sort of think. There's no discussion. Yeah. So what? What? Te- what have you done that you didn't want to do?
1: Oh, that's right. I might. or she. Might, like, I think I might um, add that on the order. And we'll have that for dinner next week. Okay. Or like, I think I'm going to do that. And I do. Okay. I just whatever she suggests, just say yeah.
0: I mean, that feels very different from the uh, persona you were throwing out in the last podcast.
1: <laughs> what? The, what the anger one? There's
0: the angry one. Two very different sides to Rob Beckett. Do you think the fact that you're eating dinner you don't want is making you angry?
1: No, it's, do you know what it is with me, right? I've got, I've learned how to do like mindfulness meditation, sort of do self-therapy on myself. If I'm feeling upset or anxious, I've got, coping mechanisms that help me come around but the reality is even though if you know what you've got to do it's like anything like if you've got a a bad ankle and you've got to do certain physio it will take a week or two for it to have an impact it's the same in your head and mental health so even though you know what's wrong you know what you've got to do to calm down and get it all in the right place it will take time and the problem for me is sleep if i don't have sleep i'm i'm done I, it's over and I get angry and stressed. That's right. why Lou says you could never go in the
0: jungle or the Big
1: Brother house. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd be hated by the public within about a week.
0: Yes. I, I think also, you know, you're doing all right, Rob. You won't need to go in the Big Brother house. It's fine. But I'm glad that you've discussed it with your wife. I think that the, the worst point for me would be going into the celebs go dating
1: house and still do the voiceover yeah. after Lou's left. That league. would
0: be one of the lo- that would be one of the lowest moments in the history of humanity. Um <laughs> I had a bad night's sleep, Rob. Yeah. So I decided to do a January diet. So I, I thought I'm going to cut out carbs, right? Good idea. Good idea. First day, cut out carbs. Full day without the carbs. The amount of energy I had was insane. By bedtime, my heart was thumping. So you had loads of energy with no carbs? Loads of energy with no carbs. Normally carbs gives you energy, no, it? No, because it but kind not- of gives you a peak and then you have a... Tr- like it... Oh, okay. So when when you're just eating like lots of protein and vegetables and stuff, the energy I had was such that I went to sleep at eleven and I woke up at one thirty in the morning and I couldn't get <laughs> back to sleep. I was just up. I was just up. I'd had two and a half hours sleep and my body was ready to go. See, now I can't see. Oh, we've got like the
1: opposite problem. I can't get to sleep, and then when I go to sleep, I'm off. Right. So. And I just sort of sit in my bed. Sometimes I try and listen to music or a podcast or watch stuff, but I try and listen to audio stuff to get me to sleep. So what are you doing for 1.30? Do you lay there trying to get back to
0: sleep? I lay there there for about two hours and I was like, this is absolutely pointless. (laughs) So what I did was I got up and I decided to do the stuff I needed to do in the day so that then I could swap it for a nap later on. Great shout. And, and did you do that then? You just had the nap later. Yeah, so I did some work that I needed to do. I didn't want to reply to any emails because I thought it would look insane uh, when they see the timestamp on the reply to the email. Yeah, that is a bit full on, isn't it? Josh yeah. is like, oh, guys, what's happening with that? Uh, it's
1: 2am? <laughs> n- 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 <laughs> yeah, like you pretending you're in LA. Oh, what you could do is just pretend, go, hi guys, I'm sorry for the early thing, I'm in LA, so I'm just getting some stuff done. But actually you're just awake in your front room at 2am. Yeah, 2 a.m. yeah.
0: And they'll go, do you know you shouldn't have travelled to LA in the current circumstances? Yeah, it's a bit, bit difficult, that, isn't it, to get away with? Um, but I've got through that now.
1: Oh, oh, that's good.
0: I've got through that extra energy. I, so um, I do think, though, at the moment,
1: I'm finding, I feel a lot better, but the last couple of weeks, the news has been so bleak and it's constant. Especially, like, Boris last week was like, yeah, it's more deadly. And you're like, oh, mate, leave it out, will you? Do you know
0: what I mean? Oh, that, like, yeah, that, was, that, was, that, that was, was a bleak day. Really tough. So it is it is hard. I think it will get better once it sort of gets All better. you've got to do then, Rob, is just uh, look at that picture I've sent you of the French man, and it'll just make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, should we uh, introduce Paddy McGuinness? Why not? So we've got Paddy McGuinness this week. Um, I love Paddy. Such a nice guy. He's always been so lovely uh, to me when I first started doing comedy. And, um, yeah, he's um, got three children. Um, all of them have additional needs, which he talks about. And they've just moved house, him and Christine. And um, he, he looked like lockdown had been tough for him the last couple of weeks, I'd say. Don't you think, Josh? We all felt like that. We we did it early January. So that's yeah. it. Was a, yeah, a, It was a great podcast, really funny, but I thought he really opened up Paddy because sometimes, you know, he is he, Paddy McGuinness on screen, but he was very considered and open, which was a slightly different side of Paddy, you know? I'd say it was quite a, worlds apart from an episode of Take Me Out. Yeah, it was somewhere between Who Do You Think You Are on Top Gear, in between there. Exactly. He wasn't Take yeah. Me Out, Paddy. Um, but yeah, he's a brilliant guy, lovely man, and a, a really dedicated family man who absolutely loves his wife and kids. So it was a great, uh, great episode, so uh, enjoy Paddy McGuinness, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We're very, very excited to have you. We tried once previously in lockdown and there was a Zoom-based iPad nightmare, weren't there, Paddy? But we, we got you now.
2: It well, was, yeah. Firstly, gentlemen, I'd like to apologise if you can hear that noise in the background. There's a blow drilling underground in my house. Legally, Matt, I add, it's not like some kind of thing where he's trying to burrow his way out. Yeah, yeah, OK. <laughs> it's an actual, it's, isn't it? Someone, Jesus! <laughs> in a podcast! <laughs>
1: Can he have a 10-minute uh, tea break, or is he going to keep going? He stopped. He stopped, right. He's stopped no. now. He stopped.
2: Oh, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing. For fuck's sake. Come on. We've been months with been trying to line this
1: up. So, Paddy, what's your set-up at home with kids? Um, you've got three, haven't you?
2: Three kids, yeah. I've got twins, seven-year-old, and uh, a four-year-old little girl. So, two girls, one boy. We've just moved house. Yeah, so there's, there's all that stress. So I moved out at Christmas <laughs> during tier five
0: uh,
2: <laughs> in, the, in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah, so you can imagine the stress levels, but thankfully they've settled in really well. Yeah, that's the thing, in it as a parent, if the kids are happy, everything's good. Yeah, so true. It, it's chaos, but they're happy.
1: Yeah, and they yeah. they're not they're not in school. The seven year old is it the seven year olds not in school?
2: Well, the they've just started, uh they didn't go to school all through you know, when they did the full lockdown in March. Yeah. Because in March it was weird, isn't it, how we all kind of got a little bit conditioned and, and the fear set in, And I'm all about being sensible when you're out and about, keeping the distance, face masks, washing your hands. And I think if everyone kind of told the line with that, you know, we probably might not be in as bad a situation as we're in now. So the first lockdown, we, we didn't go through the door for 70 days. And this was the wow. time, like, yeah, this was the time when it was like proper. I had the news on all the time. Yeah. No one knew what was going on. And when they said you could go out doing your, your hours exercise or whatever, to the kids because we had a we have a garden. We weren't hauled up in like yeah. you, you know, mm. high rise flat or whatever. You know, God forbid the people who had to do that, that. must have been absolutely horrendous. Especially when you've got kids. So we had the garden. But well the first time I two come out we had a little walk up the road and my daughter picked a flower up and went to smell it and I went, Whoa, whoa, Yeah whoa. yeah, yeah. <laughs> on it and you smell yeah. Yeah. It and, and I just thought, What am I doing? Yeah. That's the that's what having the news on constantly will do to you, you know, all negative.
1: When I took mine out in like March and April for the hour, I put them in the the buggy and sort of strapped them in and they were like, can I pick that stick up? I was like, no, and just like marching through. And I was like, this isn't good for them, is it? Like, you know,
2: exactly. And and, you know, you're sort of teaching your kids, when you're out about to get involved in nature and do yeah. things, get dirty and all the rest. And all of a sudden you're sort of like wrapping them in this bubble. So I think for me, what I did, I just sort of turned the news off. Now I'll have the news on, I'll have a look at it in the morning, yeah. and I'll have a look at it in the evening, and that's me. And and it kind of, you know, so with the kids and what have you, I kind of try and keep life as normal as possible for them.
0: Yeah. Do they know and are they're they aware exactly what's happening or how does it work? Yeah. It?
2: yeah. Well, you know, uh, there, is, there is about as aware as a seven year old can be, but yeah, they are totally yeah. kind of, you know, it's amazing with children what they pick up on because when the pandemic first happened, like saying, we're all sort of in bolting our doors, don't work side, don't do this, don't do that. Me and my wife were obviously talking about it in between and what we're going to do and everything else. And then I remember one day, I'll put my son to bed, and um, he said, uh, will this virus be gone soon, Daddy? And I was like, it brought me heart, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. God, the innocence of, of children. And now he'll, he, he, he asked me regularly now, he'll go, does that mean that coronavirus will be gone soon, and what have you? And you think, oh, God, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just it's, it's a bloody heartbreaker isn't it? yeah it's hard to know what to say to them whether I'm glad, you know. I'm glad they're sort of aware of it I don't get a sense of fear from them more, it's more inconvenience for kids yeah yeah, yeah. I, oh because you know because we know we could all die it's more <laughs> like when are the parks opening <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: How's the homeschooling going? Are you a good teacher at home? Well, listen, it-
2: every, everyone's got different circumstances at all, but I can only speak on you know I, my children are autistic, so we have our own different sort of challenges at home. Hmm. And, and you know, when the school go, the other day Christine pulled this sheet they'd send they posted through. It was like five A four sheets with ingredients for loads of different things. We're going, we're going to make this on Zoom today. Tomorrow you'll be making this. And, and they go to a private school as well. So it's not like bacon, egg and chips. It's like, <laughs> it's like lobster thermidor. I'm like, What's happening? It's not happening, school. So all, I, I, you know, everyone's different. But for me, if they're happy and I kind of, we keep on top of things. But it's more about the development for me, with, you know, mm. socially and what have you. Kinda, mm. They're very intelligent. So the sort of schoolwork and what have you, they're already advanced in that within their class but i just kind of thought it's gonna it's not gonna work out for us sitting there doing something they've sent from the curriculum at school and everything else and and trying to educate them that it just wouldn't work for us so i kind of like look, let forget that yeah let's keep them happy keep them engaged do things with them and and it's worked out all right now like i say, they've not been to school all through all the lockdowns and this current lockdown they weren't at school, but they've just started back this week. So they do uh, three days a week. Because of their additional needs as well, we noticed them uh, regressing slightly. So they'd start doing things uh, that you, you worked hard on when they were younger for them to stop doing, and they started doing it again.
0: Like what kind of things? Things
2: like, uh, like meltdowns, they'll have a meltdown, you know, where they'll get really upset about nothing. and they -hmm. they can get quite like they'll fight physically fight and they'll be being physical with me and being physical with christine and it's just not them all this stuff this they're aware of you know to a child or anyone with autism it's magnified a million times Mm. than to what we'd sort of think and everything else so we notice these little regressions and and losing the temper quicker and stimming a little bit more which is like Things, things like stimming. It could be anything from sort of just rocking in your chair or or making humming noises. You could be pulling at your jumper. It's, there's loads of different things, and they were doing that more, and it's because the routine had gone out the window. Mm. You know, and that's the most important thing I think with anyone with autism is routine. You know, yeah. once that changes, it's a big deal. You know, so we were kind of. We were sort of fortunate that how we are with our children and and because of the job I did, even though no one was working, mm-hmm. I wasn't stressing about, oh, God, am I going to be working next week? Is the maid coming in? So I could sort of put those worries out of my head for the, for the time being when it all happened. And I could really sort of focus on keeping them happy at home and everything else and trying to make it out as though, everything were normal, which it, it which obviously it wasn't, you know, because even taking them to the park, that stopped on the on the first in March, the parks were closed if you remember. Yeah. You yeah. know, now it, it's it's kind of parks are still open, so that's okay. So you can still like I took my youngest to the park the other day and even outdoors I had a mask on anyhow. She wasn't aware of anything. But again that's another thing in it like which is heartbreaking. They used to you wear your mask on now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I dropped my youngest off at nursery, and she gave me a kiss on my lips, but through the mask. And I just thought, <laughs> Oh no, that's, that's <laughs> horrendous! Yeah, you know, that, yeah. It just—it was just like you'd see in a film, some kind yeah. of a, a yeah. film you know, where you—you you, you don't hug your parents physically anymore. You sort of hug them through. Yeah. some. and that'd be like the like, heartbreaking bit
1: of the film. But that's
0: exactly. everyone's mourning. <laughs> my daughter, she—I she bought my mu- my mum, she bought my wife a mask <laughs> for Christmas. She's was like, oh. I was like, what do you want to get her? And she was like, oh, I want to no. get her a mask. And you like, oh. bloody oh. hell. I oh, know. And, and and it's,
2: what's mad about that is, to them, that's totally normal now. Because yeah. they sort of, that's, yeah. that's what they're getting brought up in the midst of. And again, the, the one thing that keeps me sort of feeling a little bit better is children probably don't get up, get into the adversity as much. You know what yeah. I mean? Everyone's going through. To them, it's it's, it's not an adventure, but it's just... Oh, we're staying in now. Yeah, you know,
1: they mm. do that, yeah. They, they can't really get to grips with the economy, and like, well, this guy's not going to be able to. You know,
2: furloughs going to end, guys. They're not. They're not on that. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a monkeys. But, yeah. Um, so I suppose that's okay. But you yeah. know, I can't really like anyone else. I can't wait to come out of this bloody. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah, do they do they like school? Are they? Are your children? They're at a mainstream school, right? Yeah, they're they, not they, a...
2: they love school. Where we live now, because all my mates from Bolton sort of, because I live in Cheshire now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can imagine <laughs> that. Yeah. i Bolton all my, I know I live in Cheshire to my mates who still live in Bolton. And it's yeah. like, oh, here he is Lawrence <laughs> <Lauren, laughs> Llewellyn Bowen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbours of Michael Owen. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> does that work? But um, so, I kind of like, for me, over here, we spent a lot of time finding schools, and that's why we came over here. Yeah, because there was nothing for them in Bolton education-wise that that satisfied us. So we we looked far and wide, and then we came over here. And what we did, we rented uh, for about twelve months, just mm. trying to find that school. Because again, that's the thing with kids in it. That's how your life revolves. Everything's for your children. So yeah. mm. Honestly, if I hadn't had kids, I'd probably still be in Bolton. You know, I moved f- for them. Yeah, of cool. get it wrong, I've got used to it now. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah! you really put yourself to the sword moving to oh, Cheshire. There's no going back now. I was talking to more salary waste the other day. So yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so I'm used to it now. How
1: do, you, how do you deal with that, though? Obviously, because of your upbringing and stuff, do you still get that from friends and family that give you a bit of stick for, you know, because your children are going to be so different to you, to a point, aren't they, with uh, the experiences they had and the house and the education and stuff? How do you, Rob, do you,
0: you know... Rob's desperately seeing into his own life here. <laughs> yeah, <It's> not... <laughs> I know, it's just me. help me. Robert Rob asked that question in every interview. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: absolute panic. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, with, with regards to that, like, my kids, when, I, when we were getting this house done, we used to drive up outside the house and look at it from outside and everything else. And the first thing my daughter said is, Where's the swimming pool? And I'm like, is that a normal question to ask someone? No. Which room's the, Which room of the house has got the swimming pool? In? And I'm like, this is so far removed from my childhood. Yeah. And said it like totally normal, yeah. just normal. But, Where's the housekeeper living, Daddy? Hi. It's, it's, it's just mad, isn't it? You know, But that's how it is. And I think it's difficult when you, when you're brought up with like double nothing, you do have that thing in your head where you think they can have what they want. But yeah. then you're aware of, you don't want them to be spoiled or um, just expecting things. You know what I mean? So we try and, again, I try and at Christmas, Again, just with the autism, we don't give them loads of presents at once, anyhow because it can be too much for them. Yeah, you know, my daughter in particular, my oldest daughter, Penelope, she'll sort of rip open a present, look at it, put it down, and then start ripping the net. And it's literally like she will not focus on any toy until every single present's unwrapped. Oh, really? And she just won't, you know. And but you can see it gets she gets hyped up with it then and what have you. So what we'll do is, and again, it's it's upsetting at the, at the first when we first started doing it is because you want your kids coming in so like all presents stacked up and everything yeah. else. but you know it just doesn't work like that for them so for us we sort of we put three or four things out for them and they're dead happy they're dead happy with it you know and then sort of later on in that evening we'll bring out another couple and then yeah. day, another couple and we do it like that I mean it's the longest Christmas ever we're in January now and we're getting a present today I'm like that's it, <laughs> back. it's yeah. over, it's over kids.
1: Yeah. It's just different traditions, isn't it really? Where like, when they grow up, they were like, oh, this is what we did as kids. And it's just, sometimes it's just a different, introducing a new way of doing things as a yeah. family.
2: Do you know, I, I, I remember as a kid, I'm just writing a book at the minute and um, sort of recalling stuff from my childhood. And I remember as a kid going out into the back street, finding a mattress on the floor, right? <laughs> yeah. And thinking, that's a, that's a decent mattress. Dragging it home to me house and putting it on my bed <laughs> <laughs> for six years. Really? Totally normal. know? Yeah. I wouldn't even stand on it. <laughs> <laughs> if I stood on it, I'd burn my shoes. After I said, "What's been on that?" But again, how <laughs> kind of we brought up and where we lived. Yeah, everything was second hand, and and that were normal. Like people, someone had put someone out in the back street. Like, well, they didn't use anymore, like an you know, old wardrobe. And yeah. there'd always be someone going on, going, "Oh, that's all right. That I love that." You yeah. know, honestly, that, that kind of life was totally normal. I mean, this is a a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, a disused mattress and if you've thrown at a mattress you can imagine what condition it is when, when you're throwing it out. yeah. yeah. and I'm not sleeping on that again so <laughs> been in a back street probably dogs and all sorts have been on it and I'm like fantastic <laughs> I'm like me dragging a mattress home to sleep on it so my daughter going which which room's the swimming pool in. <laughs> it's kind of like a bit of a mad a mad thing in like so, for me, getting to the stage now where my daughter's going, Where's the swimming pool? Where's this? Where's that? It kind of, it's, it just, my life sort of happened very, very slowly getting to those points. Yeah. And yeah. goes, you work hard for it. So, it, it didn't, it doesn't feel kind of any different to me you now because it's just slowly yeah. happened. Yeah, you
1: know? it's, it's sneak, it's sort of sneaked up on you.
2: Yeah. It's happened like along burrs on a part of your body. You go, How's oh, that grown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that come from? Oh, look, that must have, that's, it took a while to grow that. Yeah. <laughs> you can only see it when it's that long. How do the, how do
1: the kids deal with your um, schedule? Then, Because obviously that are like their routine, but with you filming Top Gear and all the shows you do, you're off at all over the place. Are they a bit oblivious to it? No, or do you, I or mean, do...
2: that has its own stresses. Again, I, I, you know what it's like, uh, you two, with touring and what have you, hmm. uh, you're away a lot. Now, luckily for me, that all stopped years ago, so I don't have to worry about that, but I still, overnight when we're filming, Mm. and when you're doing top gear, like before the pandemic happened, you know, wherever you are, bloody Nepal or something, you know, you're there for a week, and it's like, you're constantly on the phone and seeing how they are and everything else, and it took us a long time to get them where they're comfortable with all that. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened, so I'm like, at home 24 (laughs) seven, So then they have back used to that. And now we're going to be, when we all come out of this, there'll be times when we're off again, you know, because we'll all end up traveling again and everything else, you know, probably 2022, once everything's sort of ironed out and the world will be back to some kind of normality. But, uh, and then I'll have to sort of start working on getting them used to me being away again.
0: Do you consider it when you're taking jobs and stuff?
2: Totally. Totally, I used to, back in the day, uh when we sort of realised there was something with the kids and then we got the autism diagnosis we never told anyone for a while because we were sort of dealing with it ourselves. and then what I found myself doing was my agent would go uh, you know whatever we've got this job here fantastic job we need you to go here, here and here and I'd be like mm, I don't fancy it and they're like what, what do you mean you don't fancy it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not for me and I found myself doing that a lot yeah. yeah, and and you know, friends would say oh, we're having a night out, and I will go, oh, I'm, I'm busy or whatever. So that happened for a long time. Even now, every job I think about, it's like I, I got asked, uh, oh, God, about four year ago to do um, take me out in uh, Australia. Obviously, it'd mean relocating over there. You'd be there for like you know a month, month, two months. And then, you know, anyone else goes, oh, that's fantastic. But to me, I was like, I just can't do it. You know, yeah. it's just not going to work for the kids. Anyhow, Flintoff did the pilots. Of <laughs> course he did. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get commissioned, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, welcome to Take Me Out. <laughs> get a bit more floor, there, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then it went to America and then there were talks of doing it over there. And, you know, again, some people have that ambition to sort of go to America and do a career over there. But for me, I always thought, I'm comfortable. I'm happy enough at home. But the kids definitely took me out of that mindset of going mm-hmm. off doing more things, you know, either and everything. And, and, and that was another big consideration, as mad as it sounds, when Top Gear came along, because it was a massive gig. And it was a gig where... You know, a lot of people have bloody give the right arm to, to do the job. And my first thing was, oh, where are we going to be going? What are we going yeah. to do? that was my yeah. question. And I was sat with Claire, the, the exec producer, and she's, I could see her looking at me going, I'm literally offering him one of the best <laughs> gigs. Yeah. How long are we going to be away? Because I'm not sure about this. You know yeah. <laughs> But these are the things, you know, it, yeah. it's great having that lifestyle, but everyone's got a home life as well. You've got to kind yeah. of make sure that's, that's happy, which is the most important thing.
1: I was to say, I think that's so, so admirable, though, and I think yeah. that's why people love you so much. It's because it's, you're so true and authentic with that, and people can see that. Even if you're not directly saying it, you get that warmth from you, and I think it makes mm. such a massive difference when you're yeah, trying to connect I, with people.
2: I think um, with anything TV-wise or anything we do in front of a live audience, you know what they like, they pick up on things very quickly. There's only yeah. so much sort of blagging you can do and, and pretending you are someone you're not, and, and that's that. And I think when I'm on TV or I'm doing anything, I, I, I'm kind of myself, but obviously ramped up about 50% bloody percent more. Yeah. I don't <laughs> walk around the house going, let the breakfast see the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone does that, do not they?
0: Everyone's yeah. got a... Becker actually has to turn himself down 50% for TV. Yeah, yeah Completely unacceptable. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a night there for Lou. Especially when we're trying to homeschool them. All these fucking numbers and words. you you feel like? Rob, just leave
2: the room. Let me do this. Where were you two in your career when your kids come along?
0: So, I, my daughter's three. So, I was kind of... Just three years. So, I was doing TV, but I was... I did my first tour with her around when she was about two. And that was... Uh, a, a blessed relief, if I'm honest with you, Paddy. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was doing a lot of work. Like, I remember because she was late, and we were do It was during the series of the last leg, and I remember every Friday. There was two Fridays we went through, and I uh, I was at the last leg, waiting to for this call at any moment. Also, fully aware that I'd surrender my fee if we didn't go ahead. So thinking, <laughs> I really yeah. I really don't want to take Hold this it in call for another hour. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, don't, don't
2: call me at eight pm on a Friday. yeah you know what's mad about that, Josh? I swear to God, when my twins are born, that's exactly the same thing happened to me. I was doing a live Saturday night TV show I'd signed on to. Mm. And my wife was literally due any day to give birth. And I'm thinking, please, God, give birth on a Sunday <laughs> and all week. And I'm back yeah. on telly on Saturday because I'm thinking, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you no know? exactly. Kids will appreciate it when they get a bit older. So, and that's kind of what happened was so I, she, she had the the twins, I did the full week at home, then I went straight back to work,
0: you yeah, know, what I mean? yeah,
2: well straight, kind of doing the show and what have you. And and it's funny, even though what we do for a job's kind of not the norm as such, but every single parent no matter what they do, it has them same thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, I've got to have a bit of time. And in our job, you have the time off. No one's giving you maternity pay.
1: No. No. And also, like, if you are in a company or an office job, you're worried that someone else will like, get that promotion while you're away if you've got time off. And it's yeah. even worse. <laughs> For women, you know, because they physically can't go back to work. Where I, I went back, to, I went back to work like two days after my first was born um, to do task because I was at that point in my career where I just started getting offered lots of telly stuff, and it's like, right, I've got to establish myself, so I couldn't say no to stuff. And I was, I hadn't slept, and then the task was get to this microwave, and I just rolled in goose shit. I had to roll in this goose shit. <laughs> And as I was doing it, I just felt so weak and vulnerable. And I was like, this is not what you should be doing. Day two of your kid's life. Rolling in goose shit.
0: <laughs> also, if if ever a show, Alex Horn's going to let you move it, mate. It, I you know, know sort of... but I was so
1: scared at that point. And if I yeah. didn't turn up, basically your imposter you know, syndrome goes, well, yeah. if you don't turn up, they're all going to get rid of you because you're not reliable and you're lazy and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So... You're it's not
0: hard. willing to do Taskmaster two days after your child's born. You're, you're not showbiz, mate. You're not allowed in. <laughs> <Yeah, audience. exactly.
2: laughs> I didn't want to say, when he was saying that anecdote. I, I was going to say, that's not what the level I was worrying about, to be honest. No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> no, but you know what, as well for me, I remember like, what well, you were just saying about imposter syndrome and, and thinking, oh, I've got to be a bit, you know, try this and try that. I want to be successful. Like, I remember that year Ant and Deck won an NTA and it was the year when Ant wasn't even on TV. Yeah. And I remember sitting there going, well, if they're still winning an NTA <laughs> and he's not actually done the job, <laughs> what are we all stressing about? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't win an NTA, it's not a big deal, is it? Yeah, well, exactly. it even been on telly.
0: <laughs> Do your kids watch your TV, Paddy?
2: My son loves cars. Yeah. So I, I talk to him about cars quite a lot and different cars. And I, we go to a little car show. This is before Top Gear came along. So now he's aware I do Top Gear. Uh, when we I, I, I first ever took him on a, a flight, I think they were probably five year old or something like was that. Was
1: this your first holiday? I think I read. I think I saw. Yeah. But, and you, was it you went to Pepper Pig World? Is that right? To try to try them out on a shorter journey.
2: First ever holiday, Southampton. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was our first holiday. Yeah. So I flew down to and you flew? Yeah, because it was just the logistics of taking the three kids in on that car journey
0: yeah
2: getting a traffic jam or anything mm. happens it, it, it's just it was easier weirdly enough to get them on that flight which was like 35 minutes and and that wasn't that was a long time building up to that mm. yeah that, that wasn't just like let's go on holiday let's go somewhere i mean that was like years in the planning you know oh, yeah, getting to what planes are all about and so you had the little like ear, ear defenders on and stuff, and it was great. But when we were flying, he looked out and he and he there was like a big multi story car, pedal, tons of cars. And He went, Oh, is that Top Gear there, Daddy? <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, god, you know, he's picking it up now. So,
0: yeah,
2: when we do outlandish stuff like on Top Gear, like when we do like the big ice cream van, or we, we do these big builds and the like kind of you know, these weird and wonderful vehicles we come up with kids love anything like that anyway. Yeah. So them's, if he wants to watch anything like that, I put them episodes on and I just fast forward to them little bits.
1: Yeah, if oh, He I'm just want to
2: see us talk in each studio. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He just to <laughs> yeah. a big cow and massive wheels, like, like most <laughs> kids. So he's aware of it. My daughter's kind of, you know, they're, they're aware of it, but they never really mention anything. So it's it's dead chilled really.
1: And how was it having twins, first of all? What was your gut reaction when you found out it was
2: twins? Well, it was, it was a weird thing because at the time, I remember, they do the scanning, you see a heartbeat and you're like, oh, everyone, oh amazing, I'm in tears, my wife's in tears, the nurse is in tears, and then she's like, oh, hang on a minute, there's another heartbeat, and I'm like, they're in tears, and I'm still in tears, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Um, but because... Having twins straight off the bat was like a bit of a baptism of fire. When, mm. when we had a third child, Felicity, uh, who wasn't planned at all. <laughs> Felicity came around because I remember we were, it was Christmas. Uh, it, was, it was Christmas Eve. And my wife said, my mum's coming, staying with us from tomorrow. This is what it's like marriage. Talk about romance. <laughs> Shall we just have a shag tonight and get it out the way? That'll be it for Christmas. Oh, okay. Like, it's amazing how things change. I was like, yeah, come on, let's get it out of the way. And uh, and she got pregnant with Felicity. So, when Felicity was born, it was literally I'm not going to say it was a doddle, but compared to twins, it was so easy, you know. And again, that sort of thing about when you've had children before and At first, when you have kids, you're like, literally, everything's got to be spotlessly clean and test that food's at the right temperature. When Felicity come along, it was like, just give her any old shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, all that warming the oven up first when you read the packet. Warm the oven up to 180 It's Like, just get it in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With the first, we always try to make the house tidy every evening. Now, after the
2: second, we just clear a path. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> it, it, just, it, 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 when I was looking for my iPad this morning before we did this, I was in our bedroom and I just looped round and I was like, and this house, we're all, you know, trying to get it really nice and all these nice things. And I was like, it is a shit hole. <laughs> this room I mean now is like an, an office and it's all upside down in here. Cause am not, it's not, this is like, as long as the kids rooms are going, we're happy. I thought everything else would do as we go along, but yeah. yeah. I think no matter how, how much you think, no, we're dead. It's like the living room. Got a couch in there, an Italian what have you. And we were like, right, this is the one room the kids aren't going to go in. Yeah. And we, meanwhile, we're going to make a pact. We're not having it anymore. We're not having another couch in. <laughs> this room is just for us. Literally last night, we were all in there, on the couch. They were eating chocolate, they had YouTube on. And I'm like, you try, don't you, buddy? Just it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's just kids, kids rule everything. Yeah. No what you try and put in place, they just, they overcome all that and that's that.
0: You know, you say like, they like, like routine and stuff. Does that make stuff like bedtime and stuff? Does that mean that they're kind of into that and that makes that easier?
2: Yeah. I, with the twins, we got real lucky. They didn't sleep at first. It, we, we used to be up all night every night and in the end we we're gonna to have to do something about this and we got one of these sleep experts in and uh this lady came to our house stayed for a week and in the end what what worked was an app what cost 80p <laughs> so paid all that money didn't work and then someone said play on this noise on this app it's like a white noise kind of thing yeah 89p Done. Oh, and, and split them up. So Because they were in, they were both in cots, they were in the same room.
0: So yeah.
2: split them up, put this app on at night time under the cots. Instantly done. Wow. Really? And then they used to sleep really well. And it was only my youngest now, Felicity, who's kind of got us back to not much sleep. As they, again, as they get older, the kids, you know what it's like with kids. You try and keep them off iPads and all these things and games and what have you. But again, when you're stressed and you're at home, you're like and they want it, you just go right, stab it, play on yeah. it, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, so Leo and Penelope in the evening now, they'll they'll go on like, uh, they have a little, one of these Kindle pad things, and they'll go on um, Minecraft or <clears throat> Roblox or something like that for for an hour with with, with each other. And they're, and they're sort of both on the same game, even though they're on different devices. But my youngest, uh, she's, We're lucky if she goes to bed at 12 o'clock. That's that's considered an early night for us. Uh, Wow. And what time are they getting up? Leo and Penelope are sort of up, get up now. It can be between seven and eight. But Felicity, what she's doing is she's doing the really late nights, but then giving it, we're dragging her out of bed in the morning because we're trying to wake her up. Yeah. We're like, yeah. We'll, like, try and get her up at... Because she's not at school, she's at nursery. So we'll be sort of, like, you know, nine o'clock going, Luke, come on. Is she still jet-lagged from Southampton? <laughs> <laughs> she's still got jet So, So, again, for us... And, and for us, again, people have that sort of image, don't they, about in the job we do, that we all sort of live this wonderful life. And, you know, I think when you watch a lot of reality TV, which is skewed one way. Mm. Life isn't like that. And even reality TV is all, half it's bloody scripted. So we do everything by ourselves. We've got one lady who, who's come on board as support worker for us now, but that's only a few mornings a week. So mm. kind of, we do it ourselves. So we find ourselves like pretty much permanently tired. Yeah. Um, but, it's that's just being a, a parent, isn't it? That's what that's what you yeah, do. I remember yeah. seeing something when Simon Carl had his son and talking about oh, he doesn't even think about doing that. he's never done a nappy ever. And I kinda of think yeah. you've got to earn your parents in stripes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to do that. You've got to get the shit under your fingernails and covered in piss and everything else and spew and what have you and if you don't do that you've never kind of fully embraced the whole thing no and I think it pays off
1: when your kids are like young adults and teenagers and when they are grown up that if you have put those hard yards in and you have done it then they know that they respond to that and you have that bond you know where I think sometimes if you just sort of hand them over to someone it's just sort of like another stranger in your house really
2: totally that and I feel as though as a person it makes you stronger as well because of all that stuff you've been through I mean when you've eaten a sandwich with human shit under your fingernail, <laughs> you pretty much tackle anything, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you sort of, you, you've, you've done it, nothing's, nothing's a problem anymore. Yeah.
0: That was one of your tasks on Taskmaster, wasn't it, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, it was good shit though, luckily for me. Uh, <laughs> I,
1: had a, I had a human sandwich. <laughs> And that's why when you watch, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You know, like the eating trials and all the horrible things. Yeah. You know all you see all the young ones on there that are trying to, like, start their career, and they're like, ah, ah, and then you just see, like, a mum or a dad just, like, just give me the snake, Just keep yeah. the snake. give me the snake. <laughs> Do what you want. I'm just happy to be
2: lying down. I don't care what you chuck on me. There's a real difference. It's like all the older ones just kind of like, whatever, just give it to me kind of thing. But yeah. uh, there's a show, you watch that show, and I think, Fucking who in the right mind is doing that? <laughs> no way on God's green earth you'd be putting me in a cage with a load of fucking snake shit and piss all <laughs> over the head. And yeah. all that, carry on. But, uh... You didn't go
0: to Australia for take me out. You're not going to go there to do that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly.
0: Oh. You know, each to their own, I
2: suppose.
0: Um... Um, Rob, you've got a question you always like to ask. Yeah, so this is um, an opportunity
1: for you. If there's something that frustrates you about your partner's, like Christine's parenting, that you couldn't say to her about it being a big row, but it's a fair comment, is there something that she does maybe that frustrates you that you've not had the, the sort of time to bring up? That If she did listen back to, she'd go, fair enough.
2: I think for me, it's more yesterday the football was on. And, uh, I've never watched a football since my kids have been, but I've never watched a football game on the TV for full ninety minutes ever. <laughs> it's like little glimpses I get because we yeah. just can't have the football on because <laughs> again the they have to have the certain programs on the like and that's that. But the other day uh, I sort of just had ten minutes watching this game. I don't know what it is, uh, but she sort of has an ability to make things sound more than what they are. <laughs> so it'll be like. If she's in the kitchen with her children and she's just done them some toast, it'll be like, Oh, you all right, sat there. No, I'm in the kitchen. I've got the plates out of the cupboard. I put them down. And then what I did, I got the bread and then I buttered it. And then I cut the crust off, you know, while you were sat there. And then I give it them, <laughs> And then I put the thing up. And then I like, made some toast. <laughs> like, the way you're doing it, I think God, I wish I had that skill to sort of really elaborate on things like that. And make- Seem like they're massive, yeah. So uh, probably that gets something.
1: I think that's. I think that's a good answer. Well, what what do you think Christine would say about you? I mean, we can always we can get on the show after listening to this. You might want to get on here and say her side. But yeah.
2: what do you reckon she she'd, say she'd say about you? Is there anything that she definitely say? I'm too too soft with the kids. Yeah. But again, when I go back to this kind of like presents and toys and what have you, I sort of when they're on this. uh these games on the pads, uh, they, they'll have a, a little thing on it where you have to buy stuff. You know, when they're playing these games, so it's like a quid here, four quid there, and what have you. And I'll constantly be doing that for them. Yeah, like, well, you can't keep doing that. You can't just keep getting them things. But then, in, and and she's right. But in my head, I, I again, I, I kind of think, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it, you know. But yeah. but, but the little things is what is what my wife pulls me up on with stuff like that. You know, yeah. like three quid things here and there and what have you. But uh, like your other arts, there'll be a list as long as you're our monthly, uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and vice versa. We could go on and on and on, but but I'm aware she might listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paddy, you've been amazing. Thank you it's so, so much. brilliant. Thank you we, so had, much,
1: Paddy. We've had so many requests. What? We've had so many requests for you, especially, from parents with children with additional needs and stuff. And I think yeah. the, the the platform and the, talking about it, and Christine does loads as well, and that you also raise loads of money at your charity balls as well for autism and stuff, and it's incredible. So, you, you know, you should be proud of that. It's, it's so impressive. You know,
2: you kind of do your bit and what have you, but uh, we're just actually um, doing a documentary at the minute on autism. Oh. And it'll be, uh, it's on BBC One, but I'm not sure if it'll be on at the end of this year or next year. So hopefully other parents... Because uh, for me, myself, as a, as a parent with, with children with additional needs, you can feel a little bit everyone else is, is, is having a really good time apart from mm. me. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and mm. when I see other people in the same situation, or when you see other people in a weird, perverse way, worse off than you, you kind yeah. of go, oh, well, at least I'm not dealing with that. You know, and and weirdly it makes you feel a little bit better or you go, oh, I'm not on my own with this. So kind of like, I felt doing a documentary about the condition and about how we deal with things and everything else will hopefully people will watch it and go, God, if he's going through that, then I I shouldn't be ashamed or, or worried about getting help in or whatever, Yeah, he's on telly and he's got money and he's this, that and the other. You know, so we shouldn't have any all those words. Yeah, but I do, and and the money
1: doesn't always sort it out, as you said. It with the system. Do, <laughs> it does do anything. <laughs> I mean,
2: that's that, you know, but um, just I think it's just important for as much information as you can get out there about anything like that, it, it, it's a help. So, uh, you know, that'll be on, like I say, I'll be late this
1: year. Rob. Oh, brilliant. That's great.
0: That's brilliant.
1: Say, I also need to say thank you because I remember doing warm-up on a paddle show you were on. I think it was an ITV one with Rhys Darby about around the world and you was a team captain years and years ago and I was the warm-up. Well, and I, I, was... I know that. I hosted yeah.
2: that.
1: You hosted Yeah, yeah. And I was having that absolute... Howler as a warm up, and you come over and you were so nice to me and said you do really well, keep going and stuff like that. So I, I still remember that. So thanks oh, for looking no, after me. No that was but a tough did, day. What
2: you didn't see is I walked over to the producer. Get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily the series didn't get recommissioned, so it didn't. <laughs> it didn't have to come to fruition. <laughs> uh, Paddy, thank you so much. Thanks, well, thanks a lot. Take Cheers. Care. Cheers. Thanks bro. mate. Paddy McGuinness there. Uh, do you know what? I absolutely love Paddy McGuinness. and
0: that was brilliant. I've never things, met him
1: before. Talk two. Have you never met him. He's so lovely. Two things without. I don't move in those circles, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I was... know you Christmas together. Paddy McGinnis is one of the nicest people I've ever met in this industry, and he's so genuine. And you could tell from that to like, you know, it was so nice to me as the warm-up. You don't he didn't need yeah. to be, and I was shit as well. And he wasn't aware that I might be good at other stuff. I was just a bloke being shit. And he'd come up to me and was nice to me. And yeah. you could tell how much that his family and his kids dominate his life. And I think that's so it's so nice.
0: Also, I should say it's the loosest knack I've ever seen on anyone, Ron. Ah.
1: What a loose neck. He's so chill, relaxed. He's open. He doesn't care what people think about him. You know. But, um, you know, but he, he, is, he is willing to make stiff neck decisions. Do you know what I mean? He's got a loose neck, but, you know, it's not good for the kids. I won't go to Australia. Do you yeah.
0: know what I mean? I think that's really interesting because it just transforms your life, I think that must have. Like, kids transform your life. Yeah. We go, oh, God, we can't go out drinking till, yeah. you know, 1am. But... He's going. I can't do this job. I have yeah. to. You know, every decision comes back to that, and I think. And no kind point
1: of... was he complaining. No. In, in his tone, it was like, so we couldn't do that. It wasn't like, oh, I really want to do this. Or it was like, oh, we had to go to Southampton on holiday and I wanted to go to wherever. Like it, It's none of it, which I think is so key because kids will pick up on that. So if you yeah. weren't going, oh, we can't go here because of their needs and stuff, they would pick up on that. And I think the way he does it is, is so genuine and so well delivered. So yeah, yeah. and the, the stuff he does for the you know the, the documentary about autism is doing and the autism charity ball they do raises so much money for charity. So it's... I think it's really, really impressive. So
0: I'm, glad, I'm really happy we managed to get him. I thought, yeah, it's so fascinating. I, mean, I think what's interesting also is you just think about, like, that is right when he says, in your head, you've got this vision of being a parent where mm. the Christmas tree's got loads of presents underneath and all that kind of stuff. It's different, but you just, you have to kind of accept that em- these things are Embrace aren't, it, yeah. Yeah, embrace the way these things aren't... And here, here I am going, bloody hell, that bike didn't go down as well as I thought. <laughs> and- <laughs> Yeah. That's your oh, own poor, kind of. yeah, the poor old Paddy's
1: not had a good night's sleep since he dragged that mattress into his bed on the street. <laughs> um, anyway, that was we hope we'll try and get Christine um, on, on the show as well. That would yeah. be, be good to hear from Christine as well. Um, brilliant. Well, um, that's that was Paddy McGuinness, and we'll we'll speak to you guys next time.
0: See you later. Bye.